Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. The Gospel of John beginning of the first chapter in the 19th verse. And John is writing about another John. This is what John said when the Jews in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? John did not refuse to answer, but declared openly and clearly, I am not the Messiah. Who are you then, they asked. Are you Elijah? No, I am not, John answered. Are you the prophet, they asked. No, he replied. Tell us who you are, they said. We have to take an answer back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John answered, This is what I am. The voice of one who shouts in the desert, Make a straight path for the Lord to travel. That is what the prophet Isaiah said. The messengers had been sent by the Pharisees. They asked John, if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, why do you baptize? John answered, I baptize with water. Among you stands the one you do not know. He comes after me, but I am not good enough even to untie his sandals. All this happened in Bethany on the other side of the Jordan River, where John was baptized. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I was talking about when I said, A man comes after me, but he is greater than I am because he existed before I was born. I did not know who he was or who he would be, but I came baptizing with water in order to make him known to Israel. This is the testimony that John gave. I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and stay on him. I still did not know him, but God who sent me to baptize with water said to me, You will see the Spirit come down and stay on a man. He is the one who baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have seen him, said John, and I tell you that he is the Son of of God. What a witness. This is the Son of God. For 400 years or thereabout, there had been a drought in Israel concerning prophets and the message of a prophet. And there had been such a spiritual drought that uh, the people had drifted in many different directions. Now, that's not to say that they did not have those people among them that came claiming to be even the Messiah. In fact, if you read the, the history of that time, you will know that there were several people that came on the scene, and they claimed to be the promised Messiah that they were looking for. And these the men, one after another, led rebellion. And you remember that one after the other, that they were truly Massacred, the people were. Those who followed them were carried into captivity and taken into slavery, the ones that, uh, that they did not kill. It was a time of great slaughter, enslavement, 
confusion, frustration, and everyone was looking for one to deliver them. And no one was on the scene. And it drifted so far that uh, there was a quietness upon the land as far as the spiritual things were concerned. And then out of nowhere, here comes the character forth that we know as John, uh, sort of coming now of the blue, so to speak. And he is a man, seemingly, when you first look at him, as far as the people who were in Jerusalem and at the high place were concerned, was completely without credentials. This man had nothing going for him at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And here he takes his stand out there on the uh, river bank in the wilderness and begins to make strange sounds and strange noises. And not only that, he was a peculiar type of a character. You can't help but uh, when you read, uh, read the scriptures and find uh, that something of the personality of this man uh, that he, you just wouldn't have wanted him, I don't think, too much for the next-door neighbor. He was this type of a fellow. That's not to say that he was not a great man. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ said that there's no man greater than John the Baptist. You remember before Jesus left from this earth here. But he was making some strange noises out there. And he was saying different words than most of them had been saying. And he was taking a different approach to it. And he looked different. Oh, he must have been a rough-looking character, I'll tell you. And I doubt whether that he was too well kept in his personal ways. And I expect that he was a, a man of, of that country, the outdoor country. And so he was not acceptable too much to those people who were in the high places. Now, he was a man that did not herald himself. The only way that uh, the, the people in Jerusalem... We're trying to find out about this man is to send out a party to come out to investigate him. He did not represent himself. He was a rather sort of a crude type of an individual in his dress and in his manner and his words. I remember one day a lady that had great problems and, and a lot of difficulties in her life and because of the, the things that tragedies that happened to her family. And on one occasion, I was standing with the lay leader of the church, and she approached me and she said, that's when we were talking about the charisma that people should have years ago. You know, this, this uh, air about a person that, that they have that you just immediately, that you come in contact with them and you feel like that, that they love you, they care for you, and this type of a situation. And she said to me, well, preacher, she says, when the Lord was giving it out, he didn't give you any. And I was again to feel bad, and the lay leader spoke up and said, well, he's really not here to run a popularity contest. <laughs> the only thing saves the day. Well, if John had been there too that day, and we had been voting on John, he, he wouldn't have had this problem. He didn't have the charisma that we're looking for. And he was the type of person, you know, that, that he didn't have to pay too much attention to what Jesus said later on about to beware when all people speak well of him. Because, uh, they just didn't speak well of, of John too much. In fact, you remember that uh, they couldn't stand this man, and the only way that they could deal with him was put him in prison. But there was a strange phenomena about this man, and that is that, true, he was not the very coachable type of a person, seemingly, uh, but being a follower, our forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and carrying the message of God, the strange thing was that when he gave his message, 
that there were people who heard God speak. Now that's interesting. That is interesting. That when he spoke, people heard God speak. Not all of them. That comes down, you see, we're talking about the elect of God. Why is it that God will do what he will do? I don't understand God sometimes. In fact, I don't understand him most of the time. You want to know that God's honest truth about it. But the situation is that with the proclamation of the word of God, God has used this means to reach who he will. I think about that time that John tells us about, the same writer that told us about John the Baptist. That he was standing with uh, with a group and he saw these things, this thing take place. He heard Jesus pray and offer himself to God completely and totally. And at the close of that prayer, you remember, there were some standing there that day that said it thundered. There were others standing there that day that said, no, it did not. God spoke. The truth of it was that God did speak. But it's interesting to note that only some people heard it and understood it. Oh, they heard the same thing. God will reach who he will. And through this man, as he began to give his message, people began to hear the spirit and the voice of a living God. And they made a response to him. Now, there are three elements in the witness of John that I want to talk to you about this morning. Three elements that should be in the life of every one of us. Now, I think we have to ascertain right off whether or not we're a witness. Well, you are a witness. You know that the word uh, witness, that's a legal term. We use it in our courts today, a witness. A witness is someone that has seen something, he knows something, he's been there, he can give a first-hand testimony about the situation. That's a witness. Now, we are here, and we are here because we sense and feel the call of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can say it in many different ways, but we are here because of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and our response that we have made to him. We, we know something. We, we have been there. And that's a witness. Now, the question is, is not whether or not you're a witness. The question is, what kind of a witness? Are you a good one? Are you a bad one? Are you an effective one? are ineffective. But the fact of it is, every one of you that have felt the call of the Lord Jesus Christ in any way, and his forgiving power, and his ability and the capability and power to be able to align you with his kingdom, my friend, you are a witness in this world that you're in at this very moment. Now, take note, he did not have an ego problem. If he did have, it didn't show. It just didn't show on him. You know, sometimes we lose sight of who we are and what we are. Now John tells us right out that he was not worthy to untie the sandals of the Lord Jesus Christ. On another occasion, you remember that John was with his disciples. In fact, it's in the same chapter. And he looked up and he saw the Christ coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And those disciples that John had, his friends, that did walk with him, Remember that some of them left John and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And at this point, you remember that they tried to start some confusion. And it was John who said, he must increase and I must decrease. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we remembered who we are 
and what we're called to be within the church as we serve one another. When we lose sight of the fact that we are called to serve, dear ones, we're in trouble and our church becomes a troubled situation. They sent a delegation from Jerusalem. Now I like this. It says so much to me. They sent a delegation down from Jerusalem, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to investigate poor old John out there trying to deliver the word of God. And they accused him, I'm sure, just saying that it's not the way that it's done, John. You, you don't do it this way. You come into the temple. It's done in the temple. It's done in this fashion. You don't go out on a muddy riverbank out there in that wilderness. Uh, you're supposed to dress in a certain way, and, and you, you just don't have it, pal. And so we're trying to find out who you are. Send a delegation out to, uh, uh, to investigate him. Said, now, who are you? Are you the Messiah? No, I'm... I'm not the Messiah. What is it that causes us within the church to fight change? Is he here was a man called of God and the forerunner to the Lord Jesus Christ and doing something differently. He looked different. He acted a little different. And because that he was in this position, the people who were in charge of the worship of God rejected him. They rejected him. No question about that. Why is it within the church, more than anywhere else within our society, that we fight change? Let us remember that we serve a living Lord. He is not dead. He is still building. He is still working. He is still calling. And that we don't necessarily have the congealed and fixed way any more than the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and the priests had. Are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Are you Elijah? They thought Elijah was coming back. Well, he's the closest thing to Elijah that I've ever seen, I'll tell you. Oh, Elijah didn't have a good personality either, you know. If they'd been up running for office, he would have been rejected right off. But he was still the man of God. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. Are you on the prophet? No, I'm not a prophet. You see, a prophet was called to be servant judgment on people. To say that this is the word of God and this is what God is calling for and if you don't do this, this is going to happen to you. That was a prophet. They served as the judgehead of the living God here upon the face of the earth. And, oh, uh, John says, no, I'm not, I'm not a prophet, but I'll tell you who I am. I am one crying in the wilderness. That's the dumbest answer I've ever heard. <laughs> but he says, you make straight the way of the Lord. Now, that's the thing that did him in. Because they began to get the hang of what he was talking about. You make straight the way of the Lord. Because he is standing among you today. He is here. And he is one of us. But you don't know him yet. But he will be revealed to the world. Because I have been sent to reveal him to this world. Now I want to tell you something. In your position as you hold today in the kingdom of God. You're precisely in the same position that, that John was a long time ago. One and the same. You're in this position today, and I am in this position today. The same place that he was. Well, you say, I don't have a name for it. I don't look like it. I don't do this. I don't do the other. I don't know how. That doesn't make any difference. That will not get you off of the hook. That will not deliver you the responsibility that you have to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ today, the way that you know that you ought to do it. I don't care if anyone else is not doing it. They may be shunning a person that you ought to be the person that's to go to them and accept them 
and reveal to them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. You wouldn't find a scribe or a Pharisee standing out there on that riverbank talking to these degraded people. Well, there's no such thing as a degraded person in the eyes of God. We today, as the people of God, have the same responsibility as this person, man of long ago. Who is it that God is calling on you to minister to? To say that I know that this is none other than the Son of God. Oh, this man knew he had a message. And he knew this message was bigger than he was. Now we get it turned around the other way. We think we're bigger than the message. Oh no. The message is greater than we are. You see, old Jonah had that problem. He thought he was bigger than the message. But we don't have that problem. We got to understand that the message is the thing that we are called to deliver. He was the instrument. He must increase. I must decrease. The message is the most important thing that I have. This is why John did not drop a few names. You see, he could really have said that he was in the lineage in the line of the prophets. He could have, but he didn't. Because he didn't want the people to be confused. Look, the thing that I am saying that there stands one among you that is the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. How revealing of the person this is. Sometimes we get slighted within our church and we quit. Or we get upset and we get confused and we get turned around. What is the church called to do? What are you called to do? What is the upper thing above everything else that God has called you to do? To be a witness. To be a witness. Now, dear ones, notice something. Where did the Lord Jesus Christ or John, where did John meet the Lord Jesus Christ? This is so interesting to me because I've seen this a half a dozen times with more, more than that in my life. And it's always with a, with a spectacular event. I remember a lady coming to me. She was a southern lady, like which I have never seen before. And every term of that, uh, and every concept of that term, a southern gentle, gentle lady. She lived in the most prestigious part uh, of Audubon Park. I remember her coming. She was greatly distressed and upset. And she said, the Lord's asked me to do something I don't want to do. Well, I'm joining the group, honey. I don't want to do it. And she was in tears about it. She was really upset. She said, I don't want to do it. I said, well, so would you mind telling me? Is it so personal that you can't tell me? Or could you, could you share it with me? She said, yes, I can. And this story came out. She said, I had a lady that used to clean my house some time ago, and she died. She was married to a, an older man, and, and he's incapacitated now. They had a daughter, and she's incapacitated too. She has the ability, the capability to be able to take care of the family or the house. In fact, her her... Her mental capacity is somewhere around the six or seven or eight years of age. She says, I know that that house is in a mess, is in shambles, because the lady that used to help me clean my house, she was the one that kept everything in order. And she said, sure enough, I went over and she said, it's, it's, it's just terrible. This is just, just terrible. It's just, I've seen garbage heaps that, that look better than that. And she says, the Lord is telling me to go over and clean it up. I said, well, I suppose you're going to have to go over and clean it up. She said, I suppose so. Now, she got herself together, and she went over, and she got her sister to go help her. And they went over, and the sister told me, too. She said, I have never seen a floor so dirty as that kitchen floor. And the young lady that was so upset about it 
going. She came back to me and, and talked to me right after they'd cleaned up the house. And she says, I'm not the same person. And she told me with a great deal of feeling, with tears running down her cheeks. She says, would you guess, would you guess what I saw in that kitchen floor when I shined it? Down on the knees. Would you guess the image that I saw reflected in that floor? She says, I saw what I recognized to be the image of the Lord Jesus Christ in that floor. Old John could say the same thing. Where did I meet the Lord? Oh, somewhere out in eternity. Somewhere we'll ask him, John, where did you meet the Savior? He's going to tell you. He said, I met him down there by the river. Not in the temple. I was out there where no one else would go. Talking to people no one else would talk to. Trying to prepare the way of the Messiah. And it was there that I saw Christ. Well, he doesn't have to tell. We read it for ourselves. He said he looked up and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Right out there where he was supposed to be working. And then he gets even more forceful with it, you see. He comes to a place where he said, He says, I have seen him. Lord, where did he see him? In a church? Well, that's a good place to look for him, maybe. So where did John see him? I saw him out there on the riverbank. Miss Lee, where did you see the Lord? I saw his reflection within a dirty floor that I cleaned up for people who couldn't do it. Well, she never cleaned her own house. She hired somebody to do it. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. You want to see the Lord Jesus Christ? I'll tell you exactly where to look for him, among other places. What is it the Lord has called you to do? Who is it that he's called you to talk to? Who is it he's called you to serve or called you to demonstrate some love, care, and concern for? What is it that he's called you to do? You feel it within your soul. You know it's not of the devil. You know it's the Lord calling you. Well, I tell you, if you want to see him, walk right smack into him. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No different. Because at this moment, that John heard God speak. It was at this place that John was able to see what no one else saw. Or maybe just two or three other people saw it. John, the two Johns saw it. But John saw the sanctification of the consecration of the Lord Jesus Christ by the symbol of a dove. That's him. That's him. He saw something. His work made sense to him. And what that work was, prepare the people to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. He is among us and is here to forgive us of our sin and make us ready and fit for the kingdom of God. Empower you with the Holy Spirit. So don't you forget that. Jesus is here to empower you with the Holy Spirit to do exactly what he's called you to do. Jesus Christ is here to empower us with the Holy Spirit for us to do exactly what we make up our mind to do as, as God's people. Listen to that statement. Listen to it. Jesus Christ is here not only to save your soul, he's, he's already done that, but he's here now to empower you to do precisely what he's called you to do. You think it's an impossibility. He is the one that has the capability and the, and the universal empower you to do what he's called you to do and it's not impossible. 
Whatever we look at around this church here, we say it's an impossibility. It's not an impossibility when God through Christ is here to empower us with the Holy Spirit. Dear one, let me tell you something. I'll go with you anywhere. I'll do anything that you say do. If you will look at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, what is it, Lord, you want us to do? And then we make a decision on that. I don't see how possible it might look. I am willing to be made a fool of, if need be, and I hope you are too, for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he can empower us to do precisely what we have been called to do. What is it? Let's decide and let's get on the way. Oh, our son. So simple. It's so profound. Help us that we might see this morning more perfectly than ever before your calling. And may we see clearly what we've been called to do, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 